Remain standing and turn in your pew Bible to page 1830. Our scripture reading this morning is out of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 through 19. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true and whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and whatever is admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. Whatever you have heard or received or learned from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the peace of God will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at least that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned But you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content with whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well fed or hungry. Whether living in plenty or in want. For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving. Except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica... You sent aid again when I was in need. Not that I am looking for a gift, but I am looking for what may be credited to your account. I have received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Aphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Be seated. Before I get started, there's something I want to share with you. Almost an invitation to, to part of my life's journey. Um, years ago, when um, Julie and I lived in North Carolina, we um, started a ministry, which you guys well know, um, a soup kitchen ministry. And during that time, I was able to, I'll just put it this way, a book found me. Does that make sense? I have read thousands of books. Thousands. But there are a few that really grab you, that stick to you, that meet you where you are. And so just before we launched off to start this ministry, I got this book. And it's called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. It's by Jim Cimbala. He's a pastor at Brooklyn Tabernacle up in New York. And this book is 
a little bit of his story, but it's testimonies. It's a testimony type book. And so here's this, this gentleman who ends up going to this church that was falling apart. Literally, the first story in this book is about him preaching and people are sitting on the front pew and it breaks and they fall on the floor. But the church is falling apart. The people aren't attending, attendance is down, everything. And it's just like, what am I even doing here? I see that not here. But if we look around in our lives, everything is changing. Everything. How we do church is changing. Our educational system is changing. Our businesses are changing. How we do business, everything. How you parent. Kids in their lives are being uprooted and things are shifting and things are changing. Football practice is not normal, is it, BB? And, and it's one of those things that... that has rippled to the core of all of who we are. So here's this guy that goes into this church, and we'll just use that as an example, but it's every part of life today. And he gets to the point of going, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn as far as anything but up. God, I need a fresh wind. And a fresh fire from you. To show me how to live this life I have been put into. So, I pulled this book off of my shelf that sits with the four or five other books that have helped shape my life. And I'm going to start reading it. And I would ask you to join me. Because this just doesn't apply to a pastor in a pulpit. This just doesn't apply to a church that's falling apart. This applies to life that is changing. And guess what? God wants to lead. God wants to lead. No longer are we doing things the way that we used to, but we're trying to figure out how to do it now. Are we not? What's next? It's not supposed to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Well, what could it be? What does God want it to be? That's the question. What does God want it to be? Great question. The key is, what are you going to do when you get the answer? For me, this book was written in 1998. 22 years ago. I got it when it came out. In 1999, I was given the answer of what God wanted me to do. And it may not, and I, <laughs> that points, I hope it's not as, as drastic for you. But for me, it was sell the house. Move into apartment, quit your job, and go find an abandoned warehouse and turn it into a soup kitchen. Oh yeah, talk about fresh wind, fresh fire. Man, what a journey that was. But it put me here today. 
I'm convinced that with all of the shifts and all the changes that we're not supposed to get caught up in all of that and be distracted by what we can't do, but we need to be focused on what we should be doing and where God is leading us and following that. Each one of us. Because if we do it individually, then collectively we're that much stronger. Fresh wind, fresh fire. Jim Simbola. If you want to just private message me and let me know that you're joining the journey on rereading or reading this book, then please do. Because you know what? I, let's do it together. It's one of the things that it's about moving together and move it corporately. Because there's strength in numbers, right? The Bible says one can put a thousand to flight and two can put 10,000 to flight. If we do this together, we're on the same page, then we become the powerhouse that God designed us to be. Jim Simbola, fresh wind, fresh fire. God will meet your needs. Last week we talked about God's promises to us, didn't we? We talked about Joshua. I'll give you every place that you set your foot. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. I will be with you, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. Isaiah goes on to talk about that I am with you. God says that I will strengthen you, I will guide you, I will uphold you. Jeremiah. God says, I will answer you. And I will tell you things that you do not know. So when you're sitting there and you're praying and you're asking the Lord about some things and you're like, wow, I never thought about it that way. I'll tell you things you do not know. God is interacting with you. And Psalm, I will rescue you. I will protect you. He who calls upon me, I will answer them. I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver you. And I will honor you. Today we talk about needs. God will meet your need. Sermon in a sentence. Ready? God is all we need to meet our need. God is all we need to meet our need. common phrase that we might use with other people. Is there anything that you need? No, I'm good. Right? That's initial response. No, I'm good. Now remember, we were talking about receiving too. I'm good. But we need to learn how to receive, don't we? We do. We need to learn how to receive. Just as much as, as we have to give, we need to learn to receive. But God will supply all of our needs. When somebody says, what do you need? It can be, no, I'm good, I'm fine. Or your mind quickly goes through, well, you know, got money in the bank, I got food in the refrigerator, I got a house over, roof over my head, I got a home, I'm good. Some people don't have that. So if you ask somebody what you, what you need, Depending on who you ask, that may be a very real thing for them. But honestly, for the most part, we don't think about those things because we know we're taken care of. So over the last couple of weeks, something that the Lord's been dealing with me. Ian, do you want your prayers answered? Do you want your prayers answered? Well, of course. 
I've got a lot of people that ask me to pray for them. Yes, I'd love to have those answered. You know, because I, I want to help people. Out of James comes this. James 5.16 The prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. My need at this time in my life is not money. I have everything I need for today. My need is not a home. You guys know the story. God's blessed us with one. My need is not physical. My need is being righteous. My need is being righteous. God will meet my need. Would anybody in here describe themselves as being righteous? Now, I know there's this whole jokes and go along with it and all that kind of stuff. It's like, you know what? I'm, I'm the most humble person I know. Humility, yeah, I'm, I'm as humble as I get. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about righteousness. Do you understand that you can be righteous before God's eyes? Do you know that? Because sometimes in church, we think, there's no way that I can do that. There's no way that I can be righteous. If that's the case, why does James tell us that the prayers of a righteous man are effective, that they're powerful? Well, Ian, I've always thought that righteousness is just something that's out there that, I, that I'll never reach, that I could never grab. Church, we're invited to be righteous. God sees us as that because, you know, I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin. I believe that the blood that was shed on that cross covers me. So when God looks at me, what does he see? He sees me through the veil of Jesus' blood. Is that not righteous? Yes, it is. But the righteousness here that James is talking about is being right, observing God's laws. Being virtuous, innocent, approved, and accepted by God. Being right in His sight and doing accordingly. Being right and doing right things. That definition makes me go home and do a checklist on my life. Am I doing the right things with the right heart? It's a combination. It's a one-two punch. Now, God will supply all my needs. I need to be righteous. And God will help me and be there and show me. You have to listen. You have to listen. That means you need to know his voice. And the Bible tells us that my sheep, Jesus says out of John, my sheep know my voice. 
So amidst all of the voices and everything that floods our heads, his voice is in there somewhere. His voice is in there somewhere. Because, see, I've been given a promise that he's going to meet my needs. And I can give you story after story after story how God has intervened miraculously to provide for me and my family. And there are testimonies out here that you guys have. And on Facebook, you guys have about God supplying our need physically. It could be money. It could be health. It could be material things. But we forget that there is a spiritual side that God is saying, I will supply all of your needs. Solomon. Solomon could ask for anything. Right? What did he ask for? Wisdom. Not something that's necessarily tangible, is it? But it was key to him fulfilling all that God designed him to be. God will supply. God will supply. That word supply is to meet, to fulfill. It is to cause to abound, to supply liberally. If you can picture somebody says, or you say, you know, can I get you something to drink? Absolutely. So I get you, I get you a cup of water. Doug, I walk up, I set a cup of water, a cup in front of you, and I come with a pitcher of water, okay? They'll say, Doug, I'm going to give you some water. Would you like some water? Yes, I'd love some water. And I empty the pitcher into your cup. That is supplying liberally. Abundant and overflowing. It's, it's kind of the same concept when we ask God about, you know, God, will you provide for me? Will you take care of me? Yes, absolutely. And we walk up to the ocean and we with a thimble and we dip it into the ocean and go, oh, thank you so much. When the whole ocean is out in front of you to drink from. You know, God wants you to drink from a fire hose on this. Because he has so much to give. He knows what your needs are. He knows what you need to understand. And he has the answers. And he will supply your needs. In an abundance. This supply, this, this word in, in the Greek also means to carry through to the end. To bring to accomplishment. To make complete. Will he not take it to the finish line? Absolutely. Because that's who he is. If you're doing things at work that a system or procedures need to be reworked, guess who has the answer? He does. If you're trying to figure out how something mechanical runs or works, guess who knows? He does. If you're trying to figure out what to preach on Sunday, guess who knows? He does. But see, that is simple to us, isn't it? Well, yeah, well, that's God's work. Of course he's going to be in that. Church, you are God's work. And wherever he has you, whatever office, whatever grocery store, it doesn't matter. Wherever he has you, you are about his business, and he knows that. 
I've also been on the other side in business to where you, exa- you know exactly what needs to happen, that you have prayed through things. You're, you're certain that it needs to go to this direction. And you have a boss that doesn't. God's not surprised by that either. So even in understanding the procedure that needs to be put in place, he's going to give you the strategy on how to do what needs to be done in some way, in some form, or some fashion. Nothing takes him by surprise. Nothing. He looks at us and goes, why are you so surprised? I'm, I'm in your corner. I'm here with you. I'll protect you. I'll provide for you. Every place you set your foot, it's yours. And I'm there. You're not alone. But yet we grab the reins. And we think it's, i got to figure this out. I need to understand what's the next step. You know, there are things happening spiritually in the earth. Spiritually, things are happening in the earth. If things are happening physically, then obviously things are happening spiritually. Why? Because the Spirit of God is the one who designed all this to begin with. And God is doing those things. There are things that are happening and there's things that are coming. It was just over a year ago that we met, we were together, and between Pastor Phil and I, we had mentioned that, you know what? By next fall... Everything's going to be different. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. What you wearing? Things are changing and things are changing rapidly. And you know what? At some points we feel like it's totally out of our control. But see, there's things that's happened in history, spiritually, in our country. We've had a first great awakening. We've had a second great awakening. Are you familiar with those? Revivals that have swept across our land. Another one's coming. And I cannot, in good conscience, call it the third great awakening. I can't. Do you know what I can call it? The greatest awakening. You're a part of it. You're a part of it. And I know you're like, Ian, I'm trying to even figure out what I'm going to, to, to do with school coming up, for example. Well, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm trying to figure out, you know, how do we, just from our standpoint and our family, how do we not only homeschool our kids, but all the other kids around us that want to get homeschooled now? So there's all of these things that we look at today. But see, today is simply a piece of the puzzle to become what you need to be for what's coming. Does that make sense? So all of the the trials that we're in, the fires that we feel that we're in, the compression that you feel like you're in, is about what is coming, and it's shaping and molding you into those things. You see, our need is, is to remove some of this dross and things in our lives that are stopping us from being who we need to be. But see, God will supply all your needs. All of them. Emotional. Spiritual, mental, physical. See, he knows us. He made us. He knows us from top to bottom. So why don't we turn those things over to him and trust him for those? 
because he's promised us. And all of the battles that we feel like we're in, you know what you're doing? You're taking your promised land. But you're waiting for the strategy from the master strategist to know what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and with whom to do it. God will supply all of your needs. Church, God will supply all of your needs. Let him define need. Let him define need. And he will supply all of them. We can trust him. We are being put into positions that we have to. Have we not? I know. For my life, people sitting in here, people on Facebook, there are things that have happened that are totally out of our control. And it has cast us into a position of choice. Either we trust him or we don't. Either we step forward into what he's called us to or we don't. So these things that have transpired put us in a position of disobedience or obedience. Choice. Righteousness is doing the right thing being the right person with the right heart. Because righteousness is powerful and effective. Do you see where I'm coming from? Righteousness is powerful and effective. Our choices are coming down to obedience or disobedience. And one of the things, and I've said it before, but here's one of the things that I tell my kids and I tell myself. Disobedience is sin, and sin separates. Disobedience is sin, and sin separates. So when we do something wrong against someone else, we feel a separation in relationship, do we not? That feeling that we get, that is the separation. Now the great thing is, is that no matter what, there is restoration in forgiveness. Is there not? So when forgiveness is given, restoration comes back. And there's power. Because no longer is it one here and one here, but it's two together. So that's why when I work through issues or situations with my children, on the other side of that, our relationship is tighter. Because they've experienced the power of forgiveness. And they understand what it is to be right. And to learn and to learn to walk in righteousness. Righteousness is not about being all high and mighty. I'm holier than thou. I'm better than all y'all. That's why I'm up here. You're sitting out there. What, what is that? That's just like, you know, that's crazy talk. Righteousness is just about being right. Having a right heart with, between me and God. To follow his, his laws and his commands and his, his principles. And then treating you right. When that happens with us, 
We are powerful and effective. Toward one another. For one another. To lift one another up in prayer. And with God. Because he trusts you. He trusts you. He knows your heart. He sees what you're doing. He sees how you're acting. How you're, what you're working on. He sees you listening to him and being obedient. To be what it is that he's called you to be. And you know, in, in all of those things, he, he takes our doubt and he takes our fear. He takes our questions. He takes our anxiety and he casts them away. He, he, he removes them from us so that you can run. He empties that backpack so that it's lighter. We have needs, all of us. Some physical some spiritual, emotional, mental. And God will meet all of them. You don't have to wonder, where do I turn? Where do I go? You may have to familiarize yourself with your one-on-one relationship with Him. But He is the answer. He is the answer. Father, you have blessed us beyond measure. You have given us an understanding that you're for us. Even, even in what we learned today, just about need, that you're for us. You're, you're not waiting to watch us stumble and fall and, and then be there to, to pick us up. But Father, you're there to help us avoid all that. But if we do, you're still there. You're still faithful. Father, I pray. God, I ask that you would help us identify our need. Father, that you would give us the thirst after righteousness. Father, that our hearts would just be humble. That they would be moldable and shapeable. And that, Father, that you would just show us how empowered we are. In following your heart. Father share with us. Things that need to be. Removed from our lives. So that our relationship is. Is more clear. So father that we can be. Your hands and feet. Father that we can be your voice. That that even when we walk into a room. God that. That your light so shines through us. That people take notice. God bless us and bless us. Father, prepare our hearts for the things to come so that we will be found faithful before you and for you. In Jesus' name, amen.